Hey everyone, and welcome to the God and My Girlfriends podcast, where we talk about how to nurture the most important relationships in our lives, our relationships with God, our friends, and with ourselves. So join us, won't you? Hey y'all, it's Marsha Ramirez, and I am going to be your host for the first season of the God and My Girlfriends podcast. I am so happy you're here with me today, and I am so excited because not only is this the first season, this is the very first episode that uh, we are recording today, and I have been dreaming about this podcast for a couple of years now, trying to figure out exactly how we could serve our community with a podcast and what that would look like. And it all started kind of coming together um, a few months ago, and I started taping some episodes. And man, we have got some amazing episodes already in the can. We have some great guests. Um, It's going to be a great season. But I was trying to figure out what would be the perfect way to start this podcast. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, it just hit me. I was like, Oh, duh, I got to start the God and My Girlfriends podcast with two of my best girlfriends. Not only are they funny and wise and talented, but they are they deeply love God. Uh, their spiritual journeys have both been very inspiring to me to watch. And I just think you guys are going to love them and you're going to learn from them today. But before I bring them on, I want to tell you just a little bit about each one of these amazing women. Um, First of all, Kim is a singer-songwriter here in Nashville, Tennessee. She started out singing and playing in coffee houses up in her native state of New Jersey until she was offered a staff writing job here at Zomba Music Publishing, and that brought her to Nashville. And I'm so glad she came to Nashville, or I might not have met her. She's had an amazing career, not only as a songwriter, but as a session vocalist, singing on literally hundreds of songs. Uh, She has toured the world as a background vocalist with many artists, such as um, Brooks and Dunn, Keith Urban, Kathy Matea, Carol King. She toured for several years with five-time Grammy Award-winning Christopher Cross. And she has sung on tons of records with artists like Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, Jody Messina. I, the list is too long to name. She's just the bomb. And she's also an amazing artist in her own right. Her latest CD is called Back to Love, and it is a beautiful piece of work. Go grab that on KimParent.com and thank me later. Now, my other friend that's on with us today, Miss Britt Savage, has had an equally amazing career. Here are just some of the artists that she has worked with live or in the studio. You ready? Tony Bennett, Trisha Yearwood, Natalie Cole, RuPaul, I got to hear about this, David Sanborn, Denise Williams, Donna Summer. Phoebe Snow, I'm just glancing down here. I can't even name them all. Uh, Rita Coolidge, Stephen Bishop, oh my gosh. She's sung jingles for national companies. You've heard her voice on the radio and you didn't even realize it was her. She sung jingles for Sprite, Woolite, Lay's, Ponds, Burger King, and even Coke. She even sang on the Grammys with Garth Brooks. She recorded a hit record in Japan And she won $100,000 as a winner on Star Search as Female Vocalist of the Year several years ago. Y'all remember Star Search? Yeah, I bet you can find that on YouTube. We'll have to see what we can dig up on her. (laughs) Anyway, what I really just did is I told you a little bit about the things that my friends have done. But I'm going to bring them on and you're going to find out who they are as women in our little conversation. We had such a great time. I should have hit record long before I did and got some great outtakes because just trying to get the three of us all technically challenged, trying to get online was hilarious. But we did it. We got on there. And I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation. 
So y'all welcome my friends, Kim Parrott and Britt Savage. Welcome Kim Parrott and Britt Savage. How are you ladies today? Hello. Good. Hello. I'm so glad you're here with me. I just got through kind of introducing you guys to our audience and telling them a little bit about what you both do and how much you both mean to me. I really, I put it on thick, so don't worry about it. Oh, good. They think you're both (laughs) rock stars now. Yeah. I told them that, you know, I had been brainstorming about how to start off this very first episode of the God of My Girlfriends podcast. And it just hit me like one night I just sat up and I was like, I got to start off with Kim and Britt because they're two of my nearest and my dearest friends. We have been through a lot together over the last 20, 25 years. I was trying to think y'all are going to have to been that long. I oh think it goodness. has because I met Kim when I was pregnant with Sammy and he's, he'll be 26 in September. Wow. And I, I'm, Met you, I can't remember, but it wasn't that much long, maybe five years later, Britt. I don't know. Yep. Like, when did you move to Nashville? I don't know. You don't remember when you moved? No, but it sounds like it was about that time, like maybe 20 so. years ago. I just remember going down to see you sing at Exit In. I mean, I just been hearing about little Britt Savage coming into town, and I went down there to hear you sing, and I just remember thinking, well, I'll just give up. <laughs> Oh, stop it. Yeah, those were the shows where people, she would finish and people would just be standing there. Oh, you guys are so sweet. Thank you. I love singing. (laughs) Like starstruck, like even at church or wherever, this little girl walks out and this incredible thing happens. It's the same for both of them, but thank you very much. Well, it's the same with Kim too. I remember the first night, I mean, I had... I was in this band and we were looking for a new lead singer in our band and we had heard about Kim. And I remember going down to this little club near Hickory Hall Mall down in Antioch. I don't even remember what the club was and walking in and sitting down and you were doing a set and I was just blown away. I was just like, holy crap, this girl is incredible. So everyone that knows you knows how talented you guys are, but beyond the talent, you're just amazing human beings. And I'm really excited to have a little conversation with you today. Um, It was funny though, because I was, I've never Googled my best friends, but I Googled both of you to try to like, kind of get some information. Britt, did you know there's a professional female wrestler with your same name? (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) It's my alter ego. It's probably me. (laughs) You didn't know it was me. gorilla suit. Well, she oh, goes by Brittany crazy. Savage. Brittany That's Savage. That's right. It's pretty but great. That she is probably whole... stole that name from you, Britt, because you're so I Brittany. can't believe it. You probably saw your name and said, that's going to be my name. Mm-mm-mm. I just thought that was funny when I saw that. It's, it's great. I just remember seeing it, doing the same thing, Googling, trying to figure out stuff, buy web, web domains and things like that. And like, who is this person? Wow. So there's the professional wrestler, and then there's another woman who's been very successful at running track. And, and with she's the same Savage, name. too? Really? Yeah. Yep. So I see her. She comes up once in a while. Are there any other Kim parents? There is, and she's going to be under my same roof at the end of this month. That's right. Your sister-in-law is. My sister-in-law. That's and then, oh, that's great. Yeah, there's one that when I used to live in Fort Lee, New Jersey, there was a Kim parent. And I think I ended up with like $2,000 of her money because she had the same, she was in the same bank that I was. Oh my goodness. And I, I, somebody at some point I ended up with $2,000 from somewhere. I still, I figured maybe it was hers by mistake, but I never said anything. Kim. Is that one of those things you're going to okay, edit if, out? If there's a Kim, if there's a Kim parent out there missing two thousand dollars, no, this oh. is like, how old was I? This was forty oh years God. ago, so it's oh. long gone. That's the statute of limitations. She can't come after me. All right, that. yep, you heard it first here. That was before Kim found Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was before Kim had a job. <laughs> you were like $2,000. Bingo. That's awesome. Oh, I'm serious. Like, I don't still don't know what, what happened. Oh, that's so funny. All right. All right. Back to the podcast. Okay. So first of all, before we get to talking about our friendships and spirituality and other stuff, I just want uh, for our listeners, I'm going to ask you both one question. The question is... What is one thing you'd like everyone to know about you? We'll start with Kim Parent. What's one thing you would like everyone to know about Kim Parent? It can be funny. It can be serious, whatever. Golly. Well, I mean, I, I could say something funny and light, but my, my, my bigger answer would honestly be that I'm happy. And the reason I wanted to say that was if anybody was out there listening that is you know going through a rough patch and i've been through a few Mm. you know more than one and i've got a little age on me now but like i just want people to have have hope because you can go through some horrible stuff and you can end up being happy so that's what i wanted to convey i love that that you're yeah that's great and i i can attest to that i've seen you happier than in the, in the, I mean, you've had happy moments, obviously, like I said, we've known each other for 25 years, but I, I do feel like you're in one of your most happy times. And I love seeing that. Thanks. Hey, Britt, what about you? I wish I could think of something that nice. That was really beautiful. <laughs> and I do agree with it. Uh, I, I love, I love that thought. I think, uh, what should they know? I'm in the Ripley's Believe It or Not book. Wearing a dress they made out of tax forms. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to put that picture on the website along with this podcast so everyone can see it because it is pretty remarkable. Well, I've had a lot of wacky experiences in my life, and uh, that's one of the many ones. There's just been a whole lot of crazy, crazy ones, one after another, of just crazy things that have happened. I don't know. So it's been a wacky life so far. You have had a particularly wacky life. I'll have to say you have a lot of crazy stories. And that's great about having you as a friend, Miss Britt, because we get to sort of like come along on some of these (laughs) wacky adventures. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Or even the not so wacky, like when you were doing the mod, the mod nights. You know just, yeah, I know what you mean. I just uh, have, I'm with you, Kim. I feel like I've uh, had some times in life that, and I know Marsha, the same thing that haven't been the easiest, but for some reason, I think we've been able to find some really fun things to hang on to and be hopeful and all that. And up to what you've said about um, just finding that you can truly be happy. I've thought that so many times when I think of, you can be happy even if your dreams don't come true. That's mm-hmm. the thing is like growing up, the only thing I wanted was to be on the Grammys and to be able to finally deliver the speech I had been rehearsing for so many years <laughs> and all that stuff. And then I remember thinking like I'd probably be doing a duet with Stevie Wonder and then Aretha, we'd be hanging out backstage and all this kind of stuff. You know, this was just like how it was supposed to go. It didn't go like that at all. Like I'm nowhere near the dream that I had. I'm nowhere near every one of the birthday candles I blew out from the time I was like 12 years old of what I wanted in life, what was going to make it perfect. Mm. Nowhere near. But it still can be really, really fun. Life can still be fun, even if what you thought was your destination never comes. There's like other fun stuff. If you let it be, I mean, you can think about like, Oh, well I didn't get there, but it could still be like fun stuff. And as you know, as seasons change, I know the both of you, you get excited if you're like planting something in your yard (laughs) or picking out a color for like, what paint do I use? You know, there's fun stuff. I was going to talk about, being happy being a gardener and I was like nah it's too lame no but I think it is I mean they know I'm a big like crazy animal lover I love 
finding eggs from my chickens. I mean, like life can be really fun. It doesn't have to be as narrow as you think. And I also think it like that happiness thing changes with each decade. You know, we've yeah. been hearing about the uh, the midlife crisis all of our lives, right? Who hasn't heard about that? And it's usually settles in around the decade of like 40. Yeah. But I think there's like a decade crisis that comes along at each decade. And if, you know, if, if I can just sort of be open-minded, growth-minded instead of fixed mindset and just kind of ease my way into that new thing, you know, I, I think it's very possible to be content and happy. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, from what I read, um, a lot of the young people today are so fearful of getting older. Yep. And if anybody's out there who's on the younger end of the spectrum, there really is fun stuff. I mean, yeah, we may look older, but like we're still goofing around and laughing at stuff. You'd probably be embarrassed that we're laughing about, you know, like we're still finding fun stuff to connect about. And, you know, we still have dreams and things we want to do in life. It doesn't just end. Right. That's exactly if I was if we were trying to reach out to the young people, mm-hmm. you know, the 20 somethings, yeah, yep. maybe the 30 somethings, that's exactly what I would want to say to them. You know? Yeah. I think I personally, I've tried to really watch what I say because uh, around younger women about that, because I, I think back and the reason I dreaded aging was because the women older than me were constantly complaining about how they felt or, you know, they, or their husbands. Yeah. They sound like, you you know, what we had in store for us ahead was going to not be pleasant. And so it terrified me. I was like, this is going to be awful, but I can honestly say that my thirties were better than my twenties. My forties were better than my thirties. My fifties, I loved my fifties. I mean, are there challenges within each decade? Absolutely. Yep. But I had somebody tell me that that my forties were going to be better than my thirties, and I would not believe her until I was in my forties, and I was like, "Man, she wasn't lying." So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean. I had someone tell me one time, you know, because, you know, for me, like 40s is where my metabolism kind of went, you know, and just stopped. And I was complaining one day about, I wish I had, you know, I'd be happy if I was just at this weight again and, and my skin didn't, you know, my skin looked better. And they were like, go find a picture of yourself at that weight when you weighed that much. And then when your skin was clear and when you had more energy and look at yourself and do you really see a happier human being in that picture? Mm-hmm. And I look back on that and I'm like, I had all those things and I, I wasn't any mm-hmm. happier than I am now. And that's yep. when it really hit me. I was like, Oh yeah. If it didn't make me happy then, why do I think it's going to make me happy now? Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And I know we've spoken about it. How many times were you worried about some part of your anatomy and you look back of like you're 25 years old and you were, look at that, I'm five pounds overweight. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the heck? You look at this photo. What were you thinking of? Where? What's the problem? Yeah, I cannot stand it when people, I mean, I'm still kind of bad myself, but when they're young and beautiful and then like just look like plastic figurines, like their skin and the, and they're upset about like an eyebrow or something. I'm like, please. It's, I, I don't know if it's like the combination of the media and like all the video exposure and the, the Facebook, like face is so important now or something. Just breaks yeah, apart. I think it's a lot of that. I mean, with our older generation from ours, there was nobody who was 40 or 50 year old mother who was trying to look 25. Mm-hmm. They And I think, people are now really trying to. So as a young person, it's probably got to be scary seeing your own mom chasing it, you know, like, you know, wow, she seems frantically trying to turn back time. It would would definitely make you feel like, well, I don't want to get old, but it's a struggle. I mean, you know, it's a reality and we're all, the three of us being in the music industry, it's something that probably is a little bit more in the forefront, definitely. Mm -hmm. But I think as we've gotten older, it's 
trying to relax where we can about it. And, you know, I think maybe the focus being more like part of, you know, God and my girlfriends as far as self-care and just like, well, how can we give our bodies a good break of just taking good care of them? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think as you get older, you do start realizing how important it is to take care of your body. And yep. and um, and by that, I don't mean just go work out. I just mean like kind of, you know, eat healthy food and just, and be good to your body. I mean, be, be kind to it, rest when it needs to rest, you know, do things yeah. that it's it, listen, listen to your body and be in tune with it and, and be, be good to it. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend of mine uh, who's kind of a still, she's in, in her forties, but she's still kind of a gym rat. And uh, I don't mean that derogatory at all. Cause I used to love going to the gym mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm realizing now that, that I can go to the gym effectively, but my workout has to be completely different and that has to be okay with me. Cause for, I don't know, for the first year, like after I hit this decade, I mean, now I would go to the gym and I would try to do the workout I used to do when I was 45 and I'd yep. be for like three or four days. And I'd be yeah. so encouraged. And so now I go there and I just do the eat. I just do what makes me feel good. And it encourages me the rest of the day. You know, it's just, yeah. It feels like so much of almost like a, a mental thing too. I mean, for me, it's, I'm mainly just doing relatively easy stuff at home. Like in that Pilates machine that Kim, I bought from your garage sale. <laughs> I don't know how long ago that was, but I love that thing. But it's not like it's, you know, I'm doing really heavy weights, but boy, if I don't do it, I feel it mentally. Like, I, you know, yep. it's such a relaxing thing to just like spend the time doing something for your body and mind and relaxing a little bit. It, I definitely feel it there more than at my body at, at most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot about self-care with God and my girlfriend's, you know, ministries and, um, and how important that is and 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 what it actually looks like is not you know when you're younger you think oh self care i'm going to go get a pedicure i'm going to take a bubble bath or you know it's that sort of stuff right but, but as we get older we realize you know self care is more about making that therapist appointment that you desperately mm-hmm. need that you've been putting off or or um or unscheduling like yes reducing yeah the schedule load, like that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. It's not always easy and fun things that are, that are the self-care we need as we get older, but sometimes it's like changing toxic thoughts that we fall into and like taking on a way to get out of that, you know, or signing up for a recovery program that you've been avoiding because you need to get back on track, different things like that. We all know that those are hard, but necessary steps that it's real self-care not just like not like a temporary fix right right i can't remember the japanese word but the english translation is forest bathing and uh, forest bathing and it's one of these things where doctors in japan actually write prescriptions for people to go into the forest and sit and be quiet and relax and I don't, I have some mobility issues, so it's hard for me to like go take a walk, you know, in the woods or something, but I find uh, just relaxation, just even if I drive my car and park near a forest, you know, where I can see nature, I just think there's such a, just such a healing uh, power of nature that definitely is self-care for me. It used to be when I used to have horses most of my life, like just riding your horse out through the woods, it would be so relaxing more than just like the physical thing. Oh, I'm going on a horseback ride. It just felt like there's just something about the the world, the nature, what, I don't know, a God thing, just the beauty of it all just made me really relaxed. And I still get that even if I'm parked somewhere having a coffee, you know, You know, what's cool about that whole concept is that it's not like you think self-care Oh, what does that mean? I have to have to do something. But really, when you get into the middle of, you know, Radnor Lake or whatever woods, you're not doing anything. You're yeah, you've given yourself the task of not 
doing, you know, more just being right. Yeah. It's really, do you get out? Do you get something out of that? I mean, besides like the exercise, I mean, when you go to a nature retreat like that, it just feels like a cleansing sort of a feeling. It's kind of unusual. Well, that's like the, um, my husband was all interested in these tiny house things. And so we went and stayed in one at like a retreat. I mean, no big, not, you know, in the mountains or anything, but just in the woods. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this. What's the big deal? And after I stayed there, like we were only there two and a half days. I felt changed. I felt changed. I got up every morning and I went out on the little deck and had a coffee and read my email with the internet around me. But I was looking at trees and I was listening to birds. And I it, think there's something there, you know, yes, just something. I, and I, I went into it thinking it wasn't going to do anything for me. Marsha, I know you have it up in your cabin and being up there in the woods. Yeah. And I was never a big nature hiker. I mean, I was always kind of an indoor girl growing up. But as I've gotten older and as my... um spiritual journey has progressed as I've gotten older. I have really come to find just God in Mm -hmm. nature, you know, and that's where that's, I feel like God's DNA is in the trees and in the grass and in the clouds and the sky. I mean, he made it all. So like it's there. And once I just, I don't remember even when it all happened, it was a gradual process, but when I'm, in nature, whether or not it's the mountains or just like you said, Kim, at your little tiny house in the woods, there's just something about the smells and the sounds mm-hmm. and that that can't be duplicated by anything that the that human beings have made. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so um, that is definitely some self-care that I participate in as well. Hey, guys. We're going to take a short break from the conversation to mention that this podcast is sponsored by God and My Girlfriends Ministries, which is a nonprofit that we started in 2018 to help women in all walks of life have deeper spiritual relationships, better friendships, and also learn to prioritize self-care. Right now, God and My Girlfriends Ministries has online Bible studies that you can participate in, a single mom fund set aside just to help single mamas. And we hope soon to start back up our live events and weekend retreats once this crazy pandemic is over. If you'd like to learn more about God and My Girlfriend's Ministries, just jump on over to our website, which is www.GodAndMyGirlfriendsOnline.com. You can also find our podcast page there with links to all the important info you might hear in each one of our episodes. And if you have any questions about how you can be a part of any of our programs, don't hesitate to email us using the contact button on the site, or you can message us on any of our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're everywhere. So find us and join our little community. We would love for you to be a part. And now, back to the show. Another thing I love about being a little older is that because when you get older, you have the richness of long-term friendships. When you're 20, maybe you don't have Mm -hmm. that. But like like I was just saying that the three of us have been friends for like 25 years, and that's still relatively, I mean, there's some people that have had friends maybe since grade school. And although the three of us are very close, we also have friends that outside of our little circle that we have been friends with for a long time. But I have found that there's such a richness to long-term friendships that you just don't have when you're younger, right? You you know each other, you've had fights, you get through them, you know, you, you learn, and then you, you just learn to, to love each other as friends better as you get older. Have you guys felt that too. I think that's one of the the blessings of yeah, our age. time. You have you have enough time goes by. It used to feel urgent when you were when I was young, like I had to either fix it or know that it was okay or there was forgiveness or you know, and I would maybe torment myself about 
some discourse that I have between friends. But as now that I'm older, it's like I might have to give somebody a year or five years, you know, yeah. and it, it yep. is not. And, you know, I don't know. It's it's a whole different ball game, and it doesn't feel as needy or something. It's more like, oh, OK, that person is over there and they do this. And, you know, and I love them. And that person's over there and they do this and I love them. You know what I mean? It's like tolerance. That's a definite great description of how I feel about it is that sometimes we can be seeing each other all the time. We're doing something together or planning something together or going to the movies, especially with this past year. There's been times when we've just, I wouldn't call it drifted, but everybody's trying to kind of get through their own situation. But you kind of know yes. they're there. You know, if, you know, any one of us would have been a text like, hey, help me here. Or, Can you bring this here or pick a prescription or whatever it might be? You know, you can count on them or I need to talk to you about something serious. You know, they're there. But it's also like you're talking about like a, it's relaxed. You know, you're, you're just kind of relaxed, letting people do what they do in their lives and and I think it's great when you've been friends for so long is, you know, there's a certain amount of grace we give each other, but then there's a certain mm-hmm. amount of, I know I can't get too out of line between before one of you guys is probably going to say, well, actually, that would be <laughs> Marcia, you know, set me on my, <laughs> set me straight on a couple of things. I'm not going to get, be able to like, just like <laughs> do whatever I feel like. And that's good. I mean, I think it's, really important to have some people in your life that can talk you off some really bad path because you know how we can get you just start this is what i got a plan or if something that like if i might be saying something or if i've said something two or three times in the in the past two weeks right one of the either one of the two of you might say you know you mentioned that like two other times is there anything else is there something behind that is yes. Yeah, yeah. Offer? yeah. Like just somebody to sort of, you know, if you're in touch with somebody on a regular basis, even yep. though they're not in your face right. or in, you know, in your house because of COVID, you just, right. sort of, it sort of sits there in your brain. You go, I need to check on this one thing. You said, blah, blah, blah. Are you cool? You know, is he cool? Or is everything cool? Like just a little check. Yeah. And I think friends, like, I guess with Facebook, you see a lot of a lot of memes or just people who are, are, you can tell they've been hurt in a friendship. And I often just want to say, give them another chance because you know what? We've all said things we've regretted. We've all probably not responded to an email, you know, fast enough. We've, you know, probably been short with each other or who knows we've all done it. But I see a lot of that where it's mainly younger people, I guess, but it's just like, you know, you should know that your friends are going to respect you and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I kind of think like, yeah, yeah, I, I get all that, but we're just all human. I mean, if somebody has been in your life and they're, you got a friendship, you just kind of have to go with it. It's going to go up and down, but at least cut somebody a break sometimes. I, I think the idea of just maybe, I don't want to call it cancel culture, but just the idea of just cutting people out of your life sometimes you give them a little bit of a chance, especially in these times. I think people have been under a a lot of stress and especially in the last couple of years with political leanings. And we've probably learned some things about friends of ours that we wish we didn't know, you know, (laughs) and I think it's hard, but at least maybe some of us are at our most stressful time. So give them a chance to be themselves when it's not as stressful. Wait for things to be opened up and you probably won't hear about some of the crazy beliefs they have or, you know, like whatever they're thinking of or how, wow, they shared that meme. That was pretty angry. You know, in a real world, maybe they're just like everybody else trying to make it through. Well, my sister and I were on the phone talking the other night about emotional piggy banks. And I know a lot of people have heard about that, but it's like, when when someone has invested in you and they basically have put a lot in your emotional piggy bank and then they do something that's out of character there's 
enough in there to where you don't just dump out the whole piggy bank and go, they did one thing wrong and it's all empty. Like it's, and again, with long-term friendships, you know, it's like, wow, you know, Brit said something to hurt my feelings or Kim said something to hurt my feelings, but that's really out of character. Right. Like I know their character. So we've got so much invested in our friendship. So we can either just overlook that and just say, well, I'm going to give them a break because I know that they love me and they didn't mean to hurt my feelings or, or that's out of character. Or you go, I need to check on them because that's really out of character for them. And, you know, get yourself out of your own ego for a minute and go, wow, I mean, that hurt my feelings, but something must be going on with them because that's not who they, that's not their, you know, typical behavior. And, and again, that, you know, having that insight about somebody doesn't come from just meeting someone last week, you know, and that, that, that is the richness of fighting for long-term friendships. And if you find somebody that you love, don't just write them off if they make you mad one time, like try to, try to do the work. And I mean, friendships are just like marriages. You have to like invest and do the work in order to make the friendship. Yeah. I heard this expression recently, Q-tip. What's that? Q-tip, quit taking it personally. Oh yeah, definitely. Because, wow. uh, you know, we call that rule 62 in in my, some of my 12 step work, rule 62. Don't take it so personally, but I'm the, how many rules are there? Is that so? Uh, I thought I there was I only like what, 12. Well, I don't know what the other 61 rules are, but that's rule 62. Wow. Okay. Good tip. Quit taking it personal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like if, if, uh, Somebody's just having a bad day, you know. Absolutely. I'm giving somebody a ride somewhere, especially like if they're going to somewhere they don't want to go and they can't drive themselves. Maybe they're going to be grouchy, you know. It's quit taking it personal. Just get them there. Yep. And see if they need anything else, you know. But I mean, that takes a lot of work. It takes like back to the whole self-care thing. Like you kind of, I have to have, I have to take really good care of myself. So that right. remember mm-hmm. to do that so that when I'm faced with those situations, if somebody's just being grumpy, that I can just quit taking it personal and just do what I'm there to do and not take it personal. I mean, I have to be in the right frame of mind, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Just if you got to be kind of filled up enough to just be your best self so you can put up with somebody who's not necessarily being their best. That is an excellent point, Kim, because I think about that, the times that I do take things personally and that I get upset and then I'm, you know, feeling it really deeply is times when I'm usually exhausted, not feeling good about myself, you know, not full. And then you react yeah, just out of ego, you know, out of wounded ego, really. Yep. Instead of going, wait a minute, I've don't think I did anything wrong. I, you know, I can evaluate them in good self-evaluation mode. And again, that's when you can go, all right, well, I'm not going to take this personal and then try to figure out, do I need to see what's wrong with my friend that's acting out of character or, or did I hurt your feeling? You know, find out if you, if there is something that you need to make. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. if you just put, if you give a little bit of space, not like you're, uh, you know, like on Facebook, they're gone. I, I just nuked whatever the expression is when you yeah. unfriend them mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah. if you're just kind of like give somebody a little bit of space, you know, without um, what's that word? Detach with love. You know, you detach with mm-hmm. love just, just for as long as it takes for all the energy around whatever happened to kind of yep. settle and everybody gets a chance to think it through and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want to yeah. continue to. Uh, expose yourself to, no, de- to, definitely to someone not. who like just drains you all the time or you don't want to do that either right no like, you got to be in no. I'm just afraid like some people will never get a deep friendship if you don't realize there's might be some bumps in the road to get there you know that's mm. it but definitely if you got to keep yourself out of dangerous emotional situations yeah. Absolutely. You have to have good boundaries. Yeah. And you know, this other, I'm in a really fun uh, book study thing online. I love zoom. I hope it doesn't go away. Um, 
where there's somebody from every decade, right? 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. And this, this 30 something girl the other day, she said, you know, when I was younger, I had my one friend and she wasn't talking about like a boyfriend. She was like, I had my one friend and we did everything together. We did all the everything and we talked every day and stuff. And we were just all appreciating how, I mean, that serves a purpose, I guess, when you're young and you can't drive or whatever the situation is. Yeah. But it's not, it's, you know, how can you get, it's just not realistic. And to- well, I think people's lives change. Like we've spoken about, you know, chapters and things. And if someone gets married, they probably can't spend all the time for you. And we've all noticed that sometimes people have a new baby. Mm-hmm. They can't be going out to discos with me yeah. <laughs> or mod nights. Don't yeah. They can't be like yeah. people, just things change a little bit. But, but you bring up a good point, Kim, about, uh, it's important to have a variety of relationships. Obviously you're going to have like your closer knit circle. And those are the people that have earned, earned your trust, you know, and, and you've kind of vetted them long enough to where you, you know, you, they're your closest confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then you have, you know, another circle of a lot of other friends. And I think it's really, really important that you don't put everything on just one or two friends to meet all of your friendship needs. Britt, you were talking a minute ago about memes going out. And there was this one meme that went out for a while that was just driving me crazy. And it said, a friend, a real friend will always be there for you, no matter what. And I'm, I know what it meant, but that's a lot of responsibility. Right. Exactly. Sometimes you just can't be there for someone every single time. You know, I had a friend that was moving. Uh, She was moving into a new home and she called me and she said, Hey, I'm renting a U-Haul on Saturday and um, lining up some people. Can you help me move on Saturday? And I had a full day of like soccer games with Sam and something with Carrie. And I just had other commitments and I couldn't help that day. And I said, I'm so sorry. I cannot be there on Saturday, but how about if I bring a hammer over on Sunday and grab some pizza and I'll help you unpack some boxes and we'll hang up, you know, something right. else that I could do. And um, she was like, that's great. I've got some other people on Saturday, you know, and she didn't make me feel bad about that because she did have other friends to call on. But um, yeah, I mean, sometimes you, you just can't, that doesn't mean you're not a friend if they can't show up, right. you know, every time yep. for you. I agree. I yeah. agree. Well, let's, uh, before we run out of time here, I do want to touch base just a minute because one of the things that I have valued so much about you two being in my life personally is uh, that you're, I've enjoyed being on like faith journeys with both Mm -hmm. of you and seeing you both grow spiritually. And we've both, I think all three of us have encouraged one another spiritually to grow. We've challenged one another at times about it. I'll start with Brit for first. I know you grew up Catholic, yep, uh, right, Irish Brit? Catholic family, uh, church every Sunday, catechism, like a Bible study every Wednesday. And, uh, you know, I really love the church. I felt very, um, I don't know, just related to it, even though when it started out, it was in Latin. But, you know, as it, I was growing up, it was more of a sermon and the Bible and things like that. And I really... I don't know. I guess it's introduced to you so early that I didn't question anything. And I just uh, felt a connection with God and Jesus just from hearing so many of the wonderful stories of the Bible. I just love the idea that I was socially a little awkward with other humans. So just the idea of having this kind of person living this wonderful life really appealed to me. And uh, I continued going to Catholic Mass for many, many years, and I moved from New Jersey to New York City, and then I started going to more of a, it was like a married priest, more of like an offshoot, uh, kind of rebel church type thing, and when I moved to Nashville, I really had planned on probably just finding another Catholic church at some point, and uh, I knew Kim, and she was singing at a church. And that was a non-denominational church. And I went to that and I just loved it. It was really different. 
and a little bit shocking, you know, that people weren't more like in a robe, like peace be with you and with your spirit, you know, that kind of a thing. It was more like, <laughs> there is no rock. There is no rock. Like, or I don't know. There was no God. Like I got all these kind of like wacky rock songs and stuff. And, uh, I, I kind of liked it and that, you know, it appealed to me and I, I was just kind of new to Nashville and started going. And, uh, so I've been kind of going on and off to non-denominational churches and then mainly doing stuff online. And a lot of mine is more like Bible study as far as with the Bible. That's kind of what appeals to me most is just kind of connecting to some things in the Bible, mostly the parts I like, you know, my favorite episodes. And uh, those are the ones I hang around in, which are usually New Testament things. And uh, that seems to just a- appeal to me on some level. I'm kind of wacky socially, so I don't really like going anywhere where there's other humans. So I enjoy uh, <laughs> just kind of being in uh, sort of like a God, Jesus presence just in my own life and finding little ways of connecting. Those guys know, like I drop a crucifix on every piece of music I sing. I try to connect with my work that I'm attempting to use a gift to spread a message just of a love of helping people. And that's just more of that kind of a thing. That's kind of how it's sort of gone for me. I'll have to tell you one time, I remember you telling me that after you would sing in a studio, you would put a cross on the, on the lyric. And it wasn't too long after that. I was in some studio in town and went in, you know, to the vocal booth and I saw a lyric with a cross on it. And I said, was Brit Savage here? (laughs) They were like, yeah, she was here yesterday. Yeah. Just kind of spread it around. (laughs) Kim, you, um, if, I'm correct. You really didn't spend a lot of time in church growing up, did you? Well, um, no. Uh, we were taken to a Unitarian church that uh, I had. Like regularly or just sporadically? Uh, you know, I have to check with my mom. I guess maybe it wasn't regular, but I know that we were taken there enough times to where when I got to a certain age where I was kind of vocal, I said I didn't want to go anymore. So, I mean, we must have gone mm. enough for me to not want it anymore. Cause I just, right. I was like, I, I wasn't getting anything out of it, I, I guess. So I didn't want to go. But um, when I, I, when I, 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 I got sober when I was like 28 years old and I went into the rooms of AA and they were all talking about God. And I was like, well, how's this going to work for me? I don't have, I don't have God. He doesn't, you know, he, I didn't know if he even existed, you know, but um, it, I could sort of, I don't know. It took about four or five years, literally, but I started to see like how, you know, how could I end up in a fully furnished apartment by myself right when I needed it? I was in, you know, I was in another crazy apartment that was not healthy. And right when I was like, finally like, okay, I think I need to get sober now. I was 28. All of a sudden the phone rings. Hey, do you want to move into this apartment? I'm moving out and I'm going to leave all the furniture and you only have to pay half the rent. I mean, there was so many at first for me, it was just all these, these kind of supernatural works, you know, I hate to say it because I guess faith is supposed to be like blind. But in my case, I was like, I was like, I get an apartment, then I get a roommate who I've never met who's sober. I mean, it's just one thing after another. And yeah. After like four and a half, five years, I was like, oh, there's definitely a God out there. There's just no question that there's a being out there, you know, but and then it was another five years when I, after I met you, actually, when I started to put like a face and like a personality in it, like a person, you know what I mean? Like a personal relationship. I mean, it took a long Mm. time, you know? Mm. Yeah. So you, you got to a point where you just couldn't chalk up all these things in your life up to just coincidence anymore. You felt like there was a being that was actually, you know, orchestrating things for your good. Wow. And that can get me into trouble. I mean, even now, like some of the environments that I enjoy, 
you know, the some of the churches that I drop in because of my husband and stuff. That that mindset can get me in trouble, but that's my truth, you know. Right. I, I don't have to defend my viewpoint on who God is and what He's done for me because I just don't have to defend it because I. It's you your know. personal experience. Absolutely, and I can't and, and like, like where I feel like I was dragged to church as like an well, literally an infant. It was just all there, but for somebody like you, I mean, I can't even imagine being 28 years old and deciding, I think I'm going to learn all about Jesus. I mean, that just seems so hard. No, I wasn't even. I was more like 38. Uh, I, it just seems like such a hard concept to try to come to at an, when you're not just in that learning, wide-eyed, you know, childlike biblical innocence, you know? It was. And Marsha actually was one. She was like my street preacher. She was like this regular gal, <laughs> this funny, you know, with a new newborn, you know, and, you know, just all kinds of stuff going on in this rich life of hers. And she loved Jesus. And and I was like, how having like love something or somebody you've never met? That makes no sense. And like people like Marsha would like try to explain it like little bites. Because, yeah, Britt, when you're at me as an as a full grown adult, I mean, I, I might have been let's say thirty eight or thirty six. Oh. You know, like that makes no sense. You know, like a lot of stuff in the Bible doesn't make any sense, and somebody has to mm. try to explain it to like a, an obstinate, you know, right. close minded New Jersey girl. You know, self reared, raised by wolves. I mean, that's a delicate <laughs> area. I mean, it's very delicate when you. Yeah, I mean, when you're trying to explain that kind of stuff. So I had that twofold. I had gentle, my friend Rhonda, she was in Cheryl. I mean, you know, uh, Russell, Russell Terrell. I mean, I Gene Miller. I had people that sat down with me and just explained little things from That's their so own, mm. from their own experience, not from this big Bible. Well, this says, and you know, Stanley Ralph, whatever Stanley guy says this, and right and said no from their own experience people were telling me stuff and then i had these coincidences that weren't coincidences and it was just like okay couldn't yep that's that's really beautiful yeah i mean i feel like golly he was i hate to say he like that's my experience with god but you know somebody else might say she and i hate to say that that's not possible you know but I just felt like he was very faithful in my doubtingness, you know? Yep. Very faithful. Right. Well, I, you know, I grew up Southern Baptist, had a short stint as a church of Christ, and then have been basically non-denominational Christian for a long time. But I mean, even in the last few years, my faith has shifted a lot. And um, although I still love Jesus, the more I've studied the Bible, like you, Kim, like at a later age, I started going, wow, there's a lot in this Bible that aren't making sense. Um, and the more I studied it, the more I I kind of questioned a lot of things I had been taught. But um, And I'm still on that journey. But I... I talk sometimes about deconstructing and some people that sounds like a scary word, like you're deconstructing your faith. Like, what are you doing? And I think maybe more evolving faith is, is a, is a gentler word. You know, it's just a matter of, I mean, I can't imagine someone who is genuinely searching for God, genuinely studying their Bible that isn't progressing with their beliefs somehow. Like how could you possibly believe exactly the same thing your whole life, if you're studying and learning and growing, there's just no, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I think I was, I think I was kind of living on a borrowed faith for a long time. Like I just kind of borrowed other people's beliefs and took them on as my own rather than developing my own relationship with God. Like you said, Kim, yep. you know, it's like, it's not about having a belief system it's not about saying, you know, tell me about your spiritual life. And then someone says, oh, well, I believe that this and I believe that. No, don't tell me your your belief system. Tell me about your relationship with God. How does that work? You know, and that's where I would I would be stumped. Yep. 
I could tell you all about my belief system all day long. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You know, it also has really been powerful even to this day is someone and I'm thinking of someone and they, they will go nameless and they have a very, <laughs> let's say, right wing, you know, Christian uh, belief system and they stand by it and they're they're older than I am. And it's somebody mm-hmm. I work with and I love this person. And mm-hmm. I disagree with some of his points of view. I mean, we we know that we disagree about stuff, but his spirit is so sweet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his, even though yeah. we totally disagree out loud about certain things, you know, he has yeah. like the fruits of the spirit. And so, oh, that's yeah. What, yeah, that's what gives me willingness to like, not just excommunicate people that if they're on a different place that I am in their walk, right? their right. spirit is sweet. And if I see the fruits of the spirit, it's like, okay, I don't have to analyze all this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the, um, like Britt mentioned that, you know, this big new thing of cancel culture, you know, it's like if you, they do something, somebody does one thing that you don't agree with or, you know, oh, wow, they, they voted this way, you know, well, then I'm not going to be, you know, you, it's, you have, you have to, to be tolerant to look. Yep. Yes, you really do. Because you, you, I mean, I look back, I mean, I, I always think I'm very tolerant. I'm, I'm very tolerant, but then I find myself being intolerant about intolerant people. So it's like, okay, well, that, I'm obviously uh, mirroring stuff I don't even like, or maybe that's in me and I just don't want to see it. I don't know if that's no, it sense, is definitely. Right? Well, it's hard, you know. It's we're so much more open with our views now than our parents' generation. I mean, you didn't talk politics with people on your street. That was just you don't talk about religion or politics. That's like a given thing that you know. If you're ever with people, you would never bring up those things. But now, people, it's pretty. Uh, it's people are just so open, and so yeah. I think it's okay that we don't agree on every issue as long as like what Kim's saying, if someone's trying to live and trying to do good things and trying to be a good person and they love their family and they're worried about their kid and they're being at a soup kitchen, what do you care? You start analyzing other things in their lives, you know, it's tough. I mean, I definitely fall into those traps, but think I'm just trying to see everybody for where they're coming from and we're going to disagree on a bunch of things and that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, who has, even in your own immediate family, right? Even yeah. if you were six and your sibling was nine and your parents and you all three went to X church your whole life together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. tell me that you could put all those people in a room together 20 years later and and compare your stories and your beliefs and they would all be exactly the same. I'm sorry. Yep. I, I just, you're right. You're right. I agree. No. Yeah, we have to be tolerant and loving mm-hmm. and stand mm-hmm. in the other person's shoes and like not do the cancel culture thing. I mean, that's a weird mm-hmm. expression though, because you know, the left and the right that they're both accusing one another of that. So I guess. What I mean is kind of like, I don't even know what it means because it depends on what, which perspective you're starting from. I think it's like, yeah, like what you were saying with that, I had never heard that thing about emotional uh, piggy bank, piggy bank. Is that it? But the idea of like, don't toss out all somebody has done in this world for one thing, you know, like one false, they've worded something wrong or, you know, so now like, that's it. You know, and the same with a friendship. Somebody was bitch. Oh, could I say that word? Was a nasty, <laughs> you know, one day. Well, you know, maybe they just got some really bad news, you know, like a health issue with a grandmother or something, you know. And so they were short with you, like cut them a break. Yeah. I mean, with all things, yep. like if someone cuts you off in traffic, right? You don't, you're like, how dare, why do we get so pissed about that? Well, it's like, it's like they're not doing it to you. 
they're just doing it. They don't even know you're in the car. Right. You know, they don't even know. They didn't go, I'm going to go find Marsha Ramirez and cut her off. Like, it's not personal. And you don't know what's going on with that person. Maybe they're rushing someone to the hospital in the car and you don't know it. Maybe maybe they just got some devastating news. That, you know, I don't, who knows? How, how many times but, you pull over and all of a sudden somebody is so close to your bumper that you realize, I just cut somebody off somehow. Like, I just <laughs> somehow. And they're looking. Does that happen often no, to you, Brett? <laughs> right. And then, and then they are angry, right? Oh, you sounds don't even like know. people, they're not angry. They're just like, yeah, yep. Yeah, just cut me off, lady. But uh, yeah, I get them angry too. But it's mainly like all of a sudden I just looked in my rearview mirror. I was like, oh, uh-oh, never mind. Sorry. We'll do a little wave, you know. Sorry. Oh, gosh. Well. We're about out of time what? here. I can't believe. It. I mean, when I, am I going to hang out with it's you like, guys? I know. I got we my need vaccines. To actually, I'm now ready. That, I know. Me too. I, we, we're double vaxxed. Now, Kim, you've got one. Yeah, more I'm going right? to get on the internet like after we hang up and I'm trying to line up my second shot. I love that, though. I love that my little close you know, circle of friends that we're all going to be vaccinated so we can all get together again soon. I mean, during the summer, we were doing pretty good about getting in like Kim's front yeah. yard and hanging out a little bit and seeing one another. And then the winter time just got really difficult yep. for everyone to see, you know, to keep saying not like I'm like you Kim though I love zoom like thank goodness for zoom I've been able to see people's faces and I feel like I've been able to stay in touch a little bit better mm -hmm. um but I I just I'm so grateful for both of you just your influences in my life I mean I can't get on the phone with either one of you and not learn something and I thought we're gonna I'm gonna share their wisdom with everybody uh, here on the podcast. I feel the same way. And you guys have been I great. feel yep. really lucky. It's, yeah, if you too. have a friend out there, just hang on to them because it's such a wonderful yeah. thing. And you and know, I got two. And you know something else? My Like my older sister, she, you know, we're, she's in Jersey. I'm in Nashville. She, she's five years older than me. We've never been really close. Our lives are very different. You guys being in my life comforts her. Oh, comforts really? her because she, you know, her position when we were siblings, you know, she's like, she had to watch out for me when I was in college. She took the coat off her back and gave it to me in a snowstorm, you know, like she, she can't be geographically. She, she can't provide nurturing, oh. but she knows that you guys have my back. And it, so friend, our little friendships are helping other people. In addition, oh, that's great! Yeah, that's really great. I love and that. our husbands. I unless, like Mike, unfortunately, gets on a thread that disturbs him. <laughs> our, <laughs> our husbands oh like our gosh. friendships too. I think. Yes, I think so too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no. Unfortunately, Mike has been on a couple of threads. He was like, "You girls," I'm like, "Get off of that thread! Take him off!" Oh, it's so great. He's like, "You guys are worse than men sometimes." I was like, "No, we're not." <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, no. Well, thank you, ladies. We'll probably I'll probably have you on again sometime, just because I love to talk with you. This is a good. Good excuse to see your faces, although we haven't seen Britt's well, face because she's she doesn't probably know. still That's right. upside down, hanging upside down like a bat. <laughs> well, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Thank you, girls. I love Marcia, you both. Thank you thanks for, for being on the your, first. This, you know, this concept of yours. Yeah, yeah. really sweet oh. mission. It's an important message, and it's just taken a while to gel. And thank you for like hanging in with it because it matters. I agree. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Well, you know, as we're like we were talking about, as we're getting older and we've all been in the music business for a long time and we're all kind of morphing into kind of new stages mm -hmm. in our lives. And a few years ago, I was just trying to think about what do I want my next stage in life to be about? And I've always had uh, a heart for women's fellowship. I don't know any other way to say yeah. that, you know, and 
And it hurts me to see how society sort of pits women against mm-hmm. women and yeah. instead of being able to, instead of encouraging uh, collaboration yep. among women, it encourages yes. competition among women. And if you feel like you're in competition with every woman around you, then you don't feel a kinship with them. And you don't get a mentor, you know, that you, you don't have a mentor. That's right. And so that's why um, that's one of the programs that we hope to start in the future with God and My Girlfriends is a mentorship program, being able to match younger women with with um, older. Yep. I hate to say I hate to use the word older. What's more mature? Yeah. I don't know. What's the word? What's the politically correct word to use there? But that's one thing, you know, when an older woman has has some wisdom to give to someone to be able to match them up with someone that needs that wisdom. I think could be a really great part of the ministry. I think so too. And I appreciate, I appreciate you guys being so supportive and being always being willing to jump in and help with it too. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. It's been fun. It's been really fun. It has been fun. All right. We're going to see you guys soon in person. I'll talk to y'all soon. Love you. Love you. Love you. Bye. I love them so much. I really do. I'm so blessed to have their friendships, and I hope everyone has a Brit and a Kim in their lives, truly. So I want to thank them again for being my very first guests. And next week, we have two more fabulous women, my friends Eve Annunziato and Jackie Brewster. They have a brand new book out that is called Hearing God Speak. It's a 52-week devotional tied in with the Enneagram. And they break down, they have 52 weeks, a whole year's worth of scripture readings, and then breaking it down to how each number might read and interpret each verse. It's fabulous. And I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation. It was wonderful. They're both wise. They really bring it. So don't miss next week's conversation with Eve and Jackie. Also, I just want to remind you that we have some fantastic guests already lined up. But this podcast is for you, for our God and Girlfriends community. And so if there's something, there's a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, if there's someone you'd like me to have on as a guest, or if you would like to be a guest, please contact us, let us know, and we would love to speak with you about it. Because really, this is all about serving you guys. So don't be shy. Speak up. Let us know what you want to hear. And that's it. So, oh, one more thing. If you like what you're hearing here, please hit subscribe and give us a review, hopefully a kind review. And that'll really help us out to just sort of help people find us out here in the podcast world. So until next week, I hope everyone has a safe, healthy, blessed week. And we will see you here next Monday on the God of My Girlfriends podcast. Take care.